Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. Virtual reality, also known as VR, is a simulated experience that can be similar to or completely different from the real world. While VR is more commonly used in medical training, mental health treatment, and entertainment, research is finding new ways VR can enhance the lives of older adults. Today, my guest is Carly Berryman, founder and CEO of Viva Vita. Carly will explain what virtual reality is, how it works, and the broad array of available applications. She'll also explain the benefits of VR for older adults, especially during this time of COVID-19, and how it can be used to enable this population to experience improved well-being. So welcome, Carly, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Cheryl. It's my pleasure to be here on the show. Well, good. Well, we've got a lot to learn today. Lots of folks have no idea what virtual reality is or maybe some ideas. So we're going to just start with the basics. I think it will be very helpful for you to just explain what is virtual reality and how does it work? Sure. Yeah, so it is a bit challenging to explain the concept of virtual reality without seeing it or trying it yourself. But I'll try my best here. And I did really like the way that she said it can be used to uh, create virtual environments that are maybe similar to the real world or maybe totally different. Um, But just a quick definition off the top is that virtual reality is a computer-generated environment that allows you to experience a different reality. So yes, sometimes it looks like our real world, sometimes it's completely different. It typically involves a virtual reality headset. This is usually um, critical to using VR. Sometimes there's other equipment involved, but the headset is really key. And basically it, it goes over your head and visually separates you from what other, whatever space that you're actually physically op- occupying. So imagine that your eyes are fed just by two small lenses. And, um, you know, the way I, I typically explain it to the individuals I work with is as if you are jumping into a movie. You're not only just watching it on a 2D screen, but you are jumping inside of that and it becomes it becomes your virtual surrounding. So uh, just some examples to better understand this. Uh, it's possible to visit destinations all over the world through virtual reality. Um, it's kind of like watching National Geographic, except instead of just watching it on your screen, you're actually there experiencing it and you can see it all around you. Um, You can also do things like uh, tour the Louvre or go out into space. So um, there's a lot of different possibilities here, but I hope this gives just a quick idea of what it's like to be in virtual reality. So I had mentioned earlier that virtual reality has actually been around for some time as I understand it and it has been used in the medical field I know it's been in military training lots of entertainment Uh, is there any other kinds of uh, possibilities that you knew of before you started getting involved with um, virtual reality in connection with older adults yes so what's surprising to to many people is that 
virtual reality has actually been in development since about the 70s or the 80s. Uh, the term itself was actually t- coined in the 80s. Um, so yes, some, some, those are some great examples of how virtual reality is being used. Um, it might be used to train pilots, surgeons, even people like hotel employees. Um, it can u- be used in education, and we're seeing that more and more, especially as um, many classes and uh, organizations of education have had to go uh, into a virtual virtual model. Um, we're seeing more in-depth learning there. And one of my favorite applications for virtual reality um, is providing empathy training. So you can actually, being in a virtual environment, it allows you to step into someone else's shoes. So you might be able to understand more clearly what it's like for your loved one to live with Alzheimer's, for example. Um, It's a great use for kids in school to better grasp the effects of bullying or for any of us to experience prejudice that's common for many folks. Um, These are just, you know, a a few examples of how virtual reality is currently being used, but really the opportunities here are endless. Well, we're going to be talking a little bit more uh, specifically in terms of some of the examples of of older adults, but you mentioned one in terms of of, uh, Alzheimer's disease for in connection with older adults, but what? how did you come across the possibility of connecting virtual reality with older adults? And in that, in your response, maybe you could talk a, a bit about how it might impact the aging process. What, what have you seen so far as you have been involved in this, in this field? Yes. Yeah, so to answer your first question, um, I was first exposed to the possibilities here uh, with virtual reality and older adults. Um, when I was working with my own grandmother, Glinda, um, my grandmother has always been a big part of my life. And um, just in the uh, past few years, my family and I have really realized that um, mental health is actually a, uh, a big factor in older adults' lives. And for my own grandmother, um, just the lack of, uh, freedom of autonomy of being able to reconnect with the world on a regular basis and gen- generally just something exciting to do day to day the lack of these things was having an effect on her mental health um, and she told me once that she just didn't have she felt that she didn't have much reason to get out of bed in the morning so that's how virtual reality actually you know I, I thought of using it um, with older adults, it actually started with my own grandmother and we've used it to, um, to travel, to relax. And we found that, um, it's helped her for a couple of reasons. One, it's something exciting that she can jump out of bed and look forward to, you know, she can, uh, for example, she might want to go to national parks or, or travel the world. And, and that's certainly, uh, something that brightens her day, but actually, uh, it has other uh, secondary effects for her as well. Um, for example, she experiences chronic pain from the arthritis that she lives with and virtual reality, you know, when she's going on a tour or relaxing on a beach, she's not really thinking so much about that pain that she's feeling on a regular basis. Uh, but to answer your question more directly about how can this impact the aging process? So there are two points to, to be aware of here. Um, the first is that, you know, we're all, uh, the industry, science, we're all aware of 
how keeping the mind active keeps the mind healthy as well. You know, um, keeping it uh, fluid and able to be molded, it allows us to think creatively, solve new problems, um, and continue to learn new things. And it's an important part of our general health as we age. And so virtual reality works as an incredible tool to um, prompt your brain to learn new things, to expose it to new environments. And that's uh, keeping your brain active in that way, keeping those cognitive structures engaged. It can slow the process of aging that, it ha that the process of aging has on our mind and bodies. Um, other than uh, just keeping our mind active, it also keeps our mind happy and relaxed. So, uh, you know, just think about this for a minute. If you are stuck at home and you can't do the things that you once really love to do, like traveling, and I'm sure many of us feel this way now during COVID, uh, you know, that can be a bit depressing, depressive, and those effects over time can really take a toll on your mental and physical health, which in turn, uh, you know, affects other medical outcomes and even the length of our lives. So in that sense, exposing yourself to virtual reality, uh, it, it can be beneficial to uh, many mental and physical ailments and also the aging process itself. I noticed that you had said a little bit earlier in connection with your grandmother about arthritis. Did you have any other uh, examples in, say, as you were doing a little bit of research on this or an experience of other physical health conditions? I was just curious because I'm sure our listeners might want to know if there might be something else that virtual reality could be used for insofar as physical health conditions. Oh, sure. Uh, sure. So, one of the biggest uses uh, when it comes to physical treatments or, or physical conditions is that um, that drug-free pain management solution. So for my grandmother, um, avoiding the use of taking painkillers and instead just enjoying virtual reality to ease that pain, uh, it's been a, a big help to her. But other than that, I mean, it's extremely useful in physical therapy um, and occupational therapies. You know, if, if someone is recovering from some sort of injury, um, if you think about it, you know, when you're doing typical physical therapy in the traditional sense and the therapist is having you, you know, raise your arm above your head, okay, you need to do this 10 times, now three times in a row, that sort of thing, that can get kind of monotonous. It can be hard to um, comply with the uh, the treatments that you've been given, uh, you know, do that every day. It gets boring um, and it can be kind of painful, right, to go through some physical therapies. But within VR, imagine, you know, instead of just raising your hand over and over again, you're raising your hand to uh, catch butterflies or to play a sort of brain game. Um, that can make that therapy so much more fun, more engaging, and the user is more likely to continue with that therapy um, and to, uh, you know, better, better themselves by going through it. Um, so another use in that, uh, in that physical sense is also recreational therapy, which is, of course, similar to occupational therapy. And if I could transition into some of the uses for mental health um, as part of that recreational therapy. So, um, you know, when we are um, stuck at home, as I mentioned before, or for whatever reason, we can't live our lives to the fullest the way that we're used to, it can be upsetting. You know, we, we can get anxious and depressed. 
uh, being kept from that. Um, but virtual reality, it really allows us to go out and continue to live our lives to the fullest. Um, so those things that you're used to doing, you can continue to do, whether it's, you know, for example, being out on a ranch, if that's something you're used to, you grew up on a ranch or used to working on one. Well, every day now you can go visit those ranch animals and be in that space again. Um, let's say you are a very active person and you love going to these events that none of us can attend today, like, uh, you know, sporting events or live concerts virtual reality now makes that possible again. Um, and so it can really ease some of these uh, mental ailments we may be experiencing by reconnecting us with the world and giving, these, giving us these unique opportunities once again. Okay, well, let's talk about, obviously, our older adults are living in different kinds of settings. I know before COVID, you, uh, based on what I saw on your website, you were going to some residential care settings. So talk to us, first of all, about the different types of residence settings where, uh, for older adults where um, virtual reality ha- has been offered. Let's, let's start with that, and then we'll move on to how about adults who are living independently. But give us, give us the first level of where you've been primarily using virtual reality? Sure. Well, I've generally seen virtual reality being used in all types and levels of senior care from um, some form of adult daycare to independent living settings, um, assisted living all the way down to nursing homes and um, memory care centers. Uh, So I've seen it being applied in all of these spaces. And through what I do with Viva Vita, we've been working primarily with assisted living communities, but there's a whole variety out there. Now, talk a little bit more, because as I said, I because maybe a lot of people who are listening today to this program uh, are living independently at home. How would they do that? Could they? Um, might it be uh, virtual reality be made available to these older adults? Yes. So whether you're living in a community or at home, there are many options to try virtual reality. For example, so some communities, as we were just talking about, uh, these organizations, they're either um, entering the world of virtual reality on their own and uh, bringing it into the community. Some are partnering with uh, businesses that work specifically to uh, devise a virtual reality platform that is more senior friendly and it's made for for older adults. And so um, in the same vein, adults at home, they are able to uh, set up a VR system on their own, which uh, there are some things to think about there, but it's certainly possible and feasible. Or again, they can also, they also have the opportunity to partner with other businesses that specialize in something like this and take advantage of virtual reality that way. Okay. And we're going to talk a little bit about that a little later in the show. But one thing that I was curious, Carly, is it's possible that an older adult might have some kind of a physical or mental handicap, maybe low vision, a hearing loss. They could be suffering from dementia, uh, vertigo. Can Is this uh, a uh, can this be a deterrent from benefiting from VR, or how how would that be handled? 
Sure. So it is possible for someone living with a disability, um, mental, physical, or otherwise, to enjoy the power of virtual reality. For anyone who's trying virtual reality, um, it's best to take baby steps when first beginning. You know, you want to try it out and see how you respond to it, or you want your loved one to try it out and see how they specifically respond to it, because everyone is different. Uh, but yes, so in, in my own experience, bringing virtual reality to hundreds of seniors, I found that low vision and some hearing loss, um, these things, uh, they can make the enjoying the experience a little bit more difficult, but they don't necessarily bar you from the experience. Just in my own experience, I found that um, people who may have uh, trouble hearing or seeing because the speakers in a, in a virtual reality headset are so close to your ears, um, that tends to not be as much of a problem. And because the, uh, the lenses are magnifying, even those that I've worked with that have um, major problems with uh, their vision are still able to enjoy virtual reality in some way, but everyone is different. Have you found that Sometimes maybe an older adult may have a negative or phys physical or mental experience with VR, and if so, how, how would that be handled? Yes, I've seen this a few times, and uh, that's why I do emphasize not only in my own work, but explaining to others or introducing them to virtual reality. I want to be sure and stress the importance of testing it out for yourself, you know, spending just a a minute or two minutes to start taking those baby steps to understand how you or your loved one responds to this technology. Uh, but I have seen, you know, just some examples of things that could happen. So I once worked with someone in a memory care space um, and we were taking a virtual reality experience where you were able to soar like a bird above a beautiful canyon. And for most of the users, this was extremely wonderful. I mean, imagine being a bird <laughs> and having that freedom to soar over a beautiful landscape. Uh, it was very enjoyable. But for this particular user, Dora, um, she's extremely afraid of heights. And because she was experiencing dementia as well, once we put the virtual reality headset on her, I'm, she truly thought she was um, hundreds of feet above a canyon flying. And that was terrifying to her. So that was uh, both a combination of a physical and mental reaction to that. That's something to be aware of. And then other than that, I've had a, you know, a handful of people in my work um, say that they feel dizzy or um, that it was straining their eyes too much. And at that point, you know, we just knew to either take a break or, or stop completely. And so everyone is different and it's best to just understand how you or your loved one reacts to this technology. I would imagine, too, if you are in uh, this kind of setting, uh, that it might be worthwhile to either check with uh, the caregivers who are there uh, is, as far as what the physical or mental status is, just to make sure that maybe some of these things don't happen. Is that usually the case? Yes, that is always a, a wonderful idea. If you do not know the senior specifically, um, and you're not, it's not someone in your family or someone that you're used to giving care to, then you should definitely check with whoever that individual is, uh, the person that does provide care for them, and better understand their, uh, their needs and maybe their limitations here before jumping into it.
So now that we've gotten a little basic information about how it could be used, give us some examples, Carly, of of the kinds of categories. You've mentioned a few, like ranches and soaring like a bird, travel experiences. Are there other kinds of categories that uh, may be of interest to or, or, or benefit older adults? I, as I was preparing these questions, it struck me that... Um, that so far VR has been used in other arenas much more than for helping older adults. So I'm wondering if there are certain categories that are becoming very popular or are very popular amongst uh, older adults that really um, provide an enhanced experience. What would you tell us? Yeah, so really the variety of experiences that exist out there today. I mean, it, it's mind boggling just how many different things um, that they've come up with in, in virtual reality and VR. And the, the list keeps growing, you know, the, the possibilities truly are endless. But yeah, some great categories to start. Um, what I've found has been most useful in, in the work that I do bringing VR to seniors is travel, relaxation, and education. So. I found that travel is one of the biggest draws to virtual reality. I mean, no matter what age you are, um, everyone wants to see the world or, and experience new things. And the ability to, to in seconds, be, you know, jump to uh, another place on the globe without uh, spending all the time and money to travel. I mean, everyone is interested in that. Most everyone that I've met is excited to try that. Um, and so really it's, it's anywhere you could think of from your hometown to Japan, to the Mariana trench, you know, the bottom of the ocean. Um, that's a, that's a, a very intriguing category for most people. Um, relaxation. That's a, one of the biggest uses that we're seeing, um, of VR today is jumping into, um, idyllic or meditative spaces like the beach or the forest. And then in education. Uh, so again, in my line of work, I, I work with seniors directly. And I found that, you know, despite what some people may think, people who are in their in retirement age are still wanting to uh, learn more every day. And they're hungry for uh, to be exposed to new knowledge, new ideas. So uh, this has been a, a very intriguing category for most of my users. Um, and we will do things like um, take a tour of the human body or go to the Louvre and see paintings and, and learn about that. Uh, so things that you either it's impossible to do in real life or uh, we just don't really get the chance to do. Those are my top three categories, but there are other things out there as well, of course. Um, uh, one other category that's been pretty uh, popular for older adults is also animals um, and pets and seeing these different animals up close and being able to interact with them to some degree has been, it, it's really a treat for, for many seniors. Well, we're going to talk more about that in terms of how you help people determine which uh, which category they want to watch or see. And um, we'll talk about that after the break. But we are talking with Carly Berryman, founder and CEO of Viva Vita, and you are listening to WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. We are talking with Carly Berryman, founder and CEO of Viva Vita, and learning everything that you would didn't know and would like to know about virtual reality, better known as VR. So before the break, we were talking about the various categories, and there seems to be more and more that are of interest to and favorites of older adults. So Carly, what I'd like to have you also tell us is when you're meeting with older adults and we're preparing for this new experience, which may be the case for some, what's your process for determining the type of the VR experience that an older adult should have? Everybody's different. Everybody has different feelings. Everybody has different life experiences. So how do you how do you find out what they would like to see or an experience? Yes. So generally speaking, when we are setting up Viva Vita and beginning to um, start our operations, we did need to determine, okay, we have this great tool. We have VR and we have many different programs that we can use with it. Um, Now, how do we decide which of these programs, which of these VR experiences uh, the older adults that we work with would like to see. And so essentially what we did is we surveyed everything that's out there and there are some, some crazy options out there, uh, you know, like roller coasters and haunted houses and that sort of thing. And we had a, a pretty good hunch that uh, seniors wouldn't be so interested in, in, in that sort of thing or the, the gaming aspect of it. Um, we had a, a hypothesis, if you will, that, you know, Experiences used to travel, used to further relax or to explore and continue to learn, um, we had a hunch that those would be the most beneficial. And so to prove that, we, we tested with, um, with about 50 different seniors and we just surveyed them and we asked them, you know, which categories, after trying these different things, which categories are more interested or, or are of the most interest for you? Um, and so we basically, after taking in all of that knowledge, we built out our library and now we have a, a set library of different experiences that are quote unquote senior friendly and that we are uh, certain that a, an older adult would love to experience. So after you, you start doing this experience of, of VR with older adults, what and you've been doing this for a little bit so how do you measure success what what uh comments feedback do older adults provide for you uh what how how do you build on this experience to make sure that future um activities and and uh future events shall we say uh for uh older adults with respect to VR that they will be successful what do you do and what do you observe? Yes. Uh, well, thank you for asking that. So we, we do want to continue to evolve our library and um, improve it. Uh, we look generally for a smile on people's faces. We look for that positive reaction. Um, and we've observed many uh, and many different unique reactions. Um, we, we want to see that we are improving just the day-to-day experience for that older adult living in a retirement community. Uh, but, but more specifically, when we are really uh, 
surveying people and um, asking them about certain things where we're looking to see improvements in feelings of positivity and feelings of energy and for an improved outlook on life. So we want people after using virtual reality to say, you know, I, I really enjoyed that. I feel more uplifted. I feel like I'm going to have a better day today now, and maybe even a better week. I, I feel excited about what I just saw and, and I want to do it again. So we have ways to codify that feedback, but that is generally the sentiment that we're looking for. And when we receive it, we know that we are, we're on to something and, and we should continue. So tell us a little bit about Viva Vita. What's the mission of, of your company? And uh, I would also be interested to hear a little bit about what you were doing prior to COVID and how your process has changed now for bringing a virtual reality to older adults. You mentioned earlier about uh, going to um, uh, retirement facilities or, or um, other kinds of resident uh, places for older adults that may not be as possible. So have you had to kind of, what, tell us a little bit more about your company and what your new approach is. Right, sure. So Viva Vita is a startup that I founded last year after I graduated from college. And uh, the bottom line of what we do is we bring virtual reality to seniors. And our mission is to, in doing this, um, improve the quality of life, the day-to-day life of these older adults and allow them, really empower them um, to continue to live life to the fullest, regardless of their retirement status, where they live, or their physical ability. And actually, uh, Viva Vita crudely translates to live life. Um, So, yes, so you asked, uh, how do we actually go about doing this? And and what's changed um, now that that COVID is is kind of the status quo? So um, in the past, you know, probably up until about March of this year, we were bringing virtual reality to retirement communities um, in a service offering. So we would actually get communities on subscriptions with us, and we would then visit that community either on a weekly or a monthly basis we brought in everything needed for a fantastic VR experience. You know, all of those headsets that I talked about, um, the different programming, so the different experiences, whether it's travel, relaxation, or something else. And we would host a really engaging um, VR experience for about an hour with the residents of that community. Um, We also found that this was... uh, really appealing for the communities themselves, not only for the residents living in them, but these communities, um, you know, they want to continue to engage their populations, give them something really exciting and novel to do each day. And so we really distilled that need as well. Um, now, of course, that we're living in COVID times, um, our team has been generally unable to um, return to these spaces and go into communities and host our sessions. Um, we're beginning to do this now in a, uh, or to resume doing this now, um, typically in outdoor, uh, sessions and always in a distant setting. So we always have, you know, we're taking proper precautions there. Um, we will continue to offer these sessions as long as it is safe to do so. And again, we do take 
uh, many precautions there, which, um, you know, listeners will be able to read up about on our website. Uh, but we are also launching a, a new product in order to continue to bring the wonderful power of VR to seniors, um, even if we can't physically get to them, because I really do believe that now more than ever, there is a clear need and a clear use for this virtual escape. Carly, help us understand exactly what this equipment that you bring. I, you know, in my generation, and as I looked at what I see on the internet, and when I looked at your um, your website, it kind of reminded me of, you know, we used to call them view masters, but it's it's it, it, where you kind of just keep clicking and and different pictures would appear. I don't think it's exactly that, but help us understand exactly what this equipment looks like. Is it, you know, is it, is it a headset? You put it on, do you have to snap it on? Is there different kinds for people? Cause you obviously have uh, different sizes and of, mm-hmm. of people in terms of their head or whatever. Explain exactly what you bring for older adults to have these experiences? Yeah, so I'm glad you brought up the example of the Viewmaster because it is it does work um, generally like that, like a Viewmaster on steroids. And yes, there are different types of VR headsets that you can get, but generally speaking, um, it's a Viewmaster uh, sort of device, sort of set up like that. Um, where it's got two lenses that you look through and you're able to look at not only the pictures like you would in a Viewmaster, but really immersive videos. And um, it the, the headsets, they typically have uh, one or two straps on them that you can adjust maybe with Velcro or maybe with snaps. Um, they are made to be adjusted to fit different head sizes and shapes. They, they, although they can be in different setups, it's, it's generally just this headset um, that comes with that comes as part of VR. So, as part of our in-person service, we would bring in these headsets. We bring in about ten headsets um, and, and administer virtual reality that way. Now, as we look to sell VR and a new product, we will be selling um, a couple pieces of hardware. Uh, these headsets that we've been talking about that you put on and also a a tablet for remote control. Um, That's kind of another conversation of all of the benefits of this new product that we have launching that, that um, audience members will be able to read about on our website. But for now to answer your question, yes, it is very helpful to think of it as sort of a a view master, but um, a a very, very evolved, uh, sophisticated view master. (laughs) Well, and and to that point, I guess I'm. I just want to. So a person puts the headsets on, and do you or your your colleagues who are working with you? And I know this sounds pretty basic, but you know, I always feel like I'm a little technically challenged. But like, do you press a button, or do they press a button, or is it like a a show that goes on? inside these goggles. I'm just trying to explain since we don't have, this is radio rather than TV. So what exactly, once they put on the the headset, what happens then? Yes. So as part of our service, um, we put the headset on everyone. We get them comfortable. We adjust it. We push the button to turn it on and um, 
then we navigate um, through the programming inside the headset to facilitate it for the user. So um, as part of Viva Vida sessions, yes, we put it on, we push the buttons and handle it from there. Uh, it is more than possible for an individual user to do this themselves and to um, learn to manage to navigate through the different uh, buttons and, and interfaces there. And that can in itself can be a benefit, you know, as we were talking about teaching your brain new things and, and pushing it to learn. Um, so that's always an option. But also, uh, as I talk about this product that we're launching, um, it makes it some one feature of it is that it's much, much easier for someone who is, whether it's a senior or a senior's family member, um, even if they've never seen virtual reality before or used it before, they would be able to either push the buttons themselves or push the buttons for their loved one and get it started very, very easily. And so, in fact, that's a good segue into um, what I wanted to ask you next. We obviously have talked about retirement residences and residential cares, and you talk about how you're uh, adjusting your plan to go there, do it outside. But I want to also address the fact that there are a lot of older adults who are still living alone at home. Um, and the time gets long. They can't see their family as much, um, or their family can only visit occasionally, and they have to be real careful. Is it possible to purchase uh, virtual reality for home use? You mentioned that you will have a kit available. Um, is there uh, is there other ways to purchase it? Uh, and and also, then how would how would individuals learn to be able to use the equipment? Help us on that. Yes, so it is uh, very possible to access VR at home and to purchase it for home use. Um, my recommendation there would just be for anyone who is interested to uh, bring it home and get it started, get it set up at home. Um, the easiest thing that's for you to do is actually to just head over to your local Best Buy, you know, location close to you, and um, just ask a sales representative there. You know, this is a, a retailer, of course, of many different tech brands. So you're not going to get sold on, on one brand or one experience. Um, but just go to the representative there and explain, hi, you know, I'm looking to have VR for this reason and this reason. You know, I want something to do at home or I want to be able to travel without leaving my couch. And just say, you know, this is, this is what I would like. You know, could you walk me through some of these different offerings here and, and tell me how they work? And they would be happy to explain these these different headsets, um, the different brands that are out there, and give you a bit of a tutorial on how to actually use the equipment. Um, some locations even have some classes that you're able to take, uh, maybe not during this COVID era, but you know there are tools out there to, to help better, to get familiar with this technology. Um, but generally, you know, it's, it's possible to uh, it's like getting a new TV or even a new radio, um, just picking it up and, and playing with it, trying to troubleshoot and see how it works. Um, it's not too difficult with uh, these interfaces, and uh, it can be very useful to to um, to learn this new interface. Uh, 
you know, if that sounds like too much of a hassle and uh, too many steps to go through, then there are solutions for that as well. There is currently only one company, but I know that others are sure to follow. There's one company called Mind VR that is basically attempting to cut out the hassle that is posed to older adults and their families of bringing VR. You know, uh, they want to make it really easy for you to get the right headset, get the right experiences and learn how to use it, you know, with no, with no speed bumps involved. Um, so that is certainly something worth checking out if, if you would prefer to go that route and that's mind VR spelled with a Y. Okay. And, and there's a, um, a website or something on the internet for that. Yes. It would be best to go to their website, which is mynvr.com or to just type that in the Google search bar. Um, but yeah, so there are two options, whether you want to go start it yourself or just have this, um, kind of turnkey plug and play solution just sent to your doorstep. Um, there are different options. The answer is yes. You certainly can access VR at home, and I encourage everyone to to think about doing so. And by the way, before when you were talking about uh, Viva Vita, um, you should also share how uh, to access your uh, company as well, or your website, or how do people get in touch with you to get more information? I just want to, and we'll ask this at the end, but might want to say it now too. Oh, sure. So. We do not sell virtual reality to individuals at home for now. At the moment, we are just selling to retirement communities. But yes, you can definitely learn more about virtual reality generally and get in touch with us to uh, have a conversation like this and and learn some more details through our website, which is vivavita.org. That's V-I-V-A-V-I-T-A dot O-R-G. Okay. So I wanted to get back a little bit more. You know, you said about going to like Best Buy and talking with them. I, again, I get concerned that, that traditionally VR has not been a big deal maybe uh, in the, for older adults. Is, I, I, would you say that there are quite a few VR offerings, um, say, at Best Buy for older adults? I mean, you mentioned earlier, too, about the various categories that seem to be popular. But are these also available for families who were interested in buying them for mom or dad or even themselves? Yes. So there are uh, many options at, at a place like Best Buy or even a place like Walmart to get your own VR setup. And yes, it's true, Cheryl, that none of these have really been made specifically with seniors in mind. None of these that you're gonna buy off the shelf are made with larger buttons, larger text, or a more intuitive user interface. Um, But some models are better than others. And so if you're willing to go through, you know, some pieces, some tiny headaches or, or small hassles, um, you know, you can learn to use one of these interfaces, um, maybe perhaps with the help of someone that, that works at Best Buy. Um, and it, it is uh, it is possible, but yes, it, it can be difficult um, to learn a brand new interface that's, that's not really designed um, with you in mind. 
Well, and so I guess what I was also wondering is when you buy the headset, is the the offerings, what I was thinking of about like education or health or travel, the ones that you mentioned earlier, does that come separately in a package? I'm trying to visualize how you would, you know, you would purchase something like that. Are those available as well that you can kind of pick that up as a separate item or what would you tell us? I see. Yes. So generally the, the, these are a separate item, but they are available on any hardware that you may buy. So for example, you know, there are hundreds of different computer models that you could buy. You can buy a laptop or desktop computer and there are different brands and different functionalities there. Um, but you can go to all the same websites on all of these computers. And so it's, it helps to kind of think of it like that. You know, you can buy any VR headset and there are some VR headsets that are a little bit more intuitive, more user friendly and that I would recommend. Um, but you can still access any, any piece of content, any experience, whether it's travel or relaxation, what have you on any of these headsets. And, um, that's uh that's not too difficult once you have navigated through the the buying the hardware and setting up the hardware itself um they make that pretty user friendly so uh it's either available um already on the headset or you can uh purchase um or even get these these experiences these videos for free on the headset itself um and there are some you know, there's some learning that goes into that too, but uh, there are many resources, as I as I said, that are around to to help uh, help users understand and, and work with that. And uh, Viva Vida would be one of them. Okay. Well, and to that point, then, if I was going to go over to Best Buy, um, say I I had an older parent that I wanted to get some. Uh, VR equipment. Is there anything that I should know before I walk in the door? Any particular information that you would advise me as my good friend that knows everything about VR? Oh, sure. Well, I would say with virtual reality, you know, because it is so, um, it's unique and it's new to most people, I would just tell you, Cheryl, well, keep in mind that virtual reality isn't going to work with everyone and it may or may not work with you or your loved ones. So you want to be sure that you are going to have the opportunity to test that VR setup with you yourself or, or with your loved one. Um, and along those lines, you may want to uh, be certain that you'll be able to return this uh, hardware that you're purchasing after you give it a test run. Um, you'll also want to be aware of any warranties that may be, that may exist or be available for you. Um, you know, VR technology, it's getting better and better by the day, but it's still new. There are still things that can go wrong or things that can break. And so for every device that I've purchased personally, um, I'm always sure to get that warranty on there. You never know. Um, and then the last thing I'd want you to just be aware of, Cheryl, as you're walking in there is, you know, even in talking about how it doesn't work for everyone, um, when testing it yourself or with testing it with someone that you know, um, be sure to give it a proper chance. You know, it might take some time to adjust to this new experience. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that 
you won't like it or that your loved one won't like it. But just uh, taking that time to go through that adjustment period and seeing if it's really going to be a tool for you or not um, is definitely worth the, the, the time spent. It also sounds like it's better to, I mean, I'm always concerned about the possibility of scams. Is there any way that people can be assured that they're not going to be misinformed? Or you mentioned about the warranty and that, but um, do we need to, do families and older adults need to just be careful so that they don't get taken advantage of in, in this field? Is, is there that element out there right now? What would you tell us? Well, I would say that I don't think there is any uh, addictive element out there. I don't think anyone in this space is, there are any, you know, active scams running or anything that is commonplace in that sense. And I understand the importance to be aware of that sort of thing. Um, what I would say as a word of caution is to take any claims you hear, even the ones that I've been uh, espousing today, take any claims with a grain of salt, you know, um, their VR, virtual reality, it is emerging as a, a really critical tool um, and a, a wonderful device that can um, alleviate some of the biggest challenges uh, that we all experience when it comes to aging. But some of these claims are still in the process of being proven. And so if you hear claims like, uh, you know, easing the effects of Alzheimer's and dementia or um, improving uh, symptoms around anxiety and depression, what other, whatever claims you hear, I mean, just be aware that while, the, while these claims are very promising, while this use is, is very, very promising and people are um, very excited about the potential here, um, we are still waiting for, for some of these uh, claims to really have, you know, the, the years and then the time to, to play out and, and still yet to be seen how they will play out. So, you know, don't buy into VR thinking that um, it's going to cure your, your loved one's um, dementia or reverse the aging cycle, you know, just be cautious of that sort of thing so that you're not disappointed in any way. Um, that would be my one word of advice. Okay, well, we're just about out of time. Any quick um, suggestions for best resources to learn about VR besides your website, which please give again? Yes, so that would be my, my primary resource, of course, is our website, Viva Vita. And we have a page called YVR, um, which outlines some of the biggest reasons of why older adults should give VR a try. Um, and many of these, of course, I've, I've covered here today. Um, we also have some other resources like a, a video kind of, ex again, explaining some, some of what we talked about today, just delving into the different options that do exist now um, for seniors to bring VR into their lives and some of the pros and cons of those. Uh, one other resource I would point out is the Pro Aging Sourcebook. I'm not sure of their website, but you can type this into the Google search bar and be able to find it there. Um, and that they're just a great resource, um, also local to the DMV area, but uh, not even just related to technology. They're a great resource to um, navigate this space um, and help 
aging adults and also their loved ones um, find the best solutions for them. Okay. Well, I want to thank Carly Berryman with Viva Vita for joining me today. And by the way, if you want to listen to past radio programs and watch Aging Matters TV episodes, best way to do that is by visiting facebook.com forward slash Aging Matters WERA for the internet addresses to access both the radio shows and the TV episodes. And in addition, Aging Matters Radio is now available as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I encourage you to listen to those programs there, tell your friends and family members, and then be sure to rate and review the program. That would be much appreciated. Today, I want to thank Robert Winship for handling the technical aspects of the program. And of course, as always, thank you for listening to Aging Matters. And remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week.